Well, good morning. My name is Isaias Miranda. I am the director over at the Center for Student Success. And for chapel today, we are going to um, be celebrating Hispanic Heritage Month. And uh, Hispanic Heritage Month goes from the middle of uh, September, September 15th through October 15th. And it began as a Hispanic Heritage Week in like 68. And then in 88, it became a, a whole month. So I celebrate my Hispanic heritage all the time because <laughs> I eat good food and listen to music and, and, and use my language and, and talk to my family. Um, but it's, it's beautiful that we, we have a month to just highlight um, culture and learn about different um, backgrounds and, and different things like that. So uh, this morning we have Tony Pena with us, our guest on campus for um, chapel. And so um, I'll introduce him if I can get my, my book open. <laughs> So uh, I had the opportunity to have uh, coffee with uh, Tony a few weeks ago, and a, a few things that I noticed from that conversation was just his humility and um, his, his heart of service. I saw that in, in whatever, um, in, in what, <laughs> in whatever uh, situation God has him, he's going to serve and grow in that. And so I, I know... Um, uh, Tony and President McDowell play uh, racquetball, so that maybe a little different on the court. But overall, I, I know that um, Tony's a, a humble guy, and it was it was neat to have coffee with him. So um, Tony Pena is married to Shelly, and they've been they will be married for 28 years in December. So he did note that that was. Yeah. So he did note that that was his greatest accomplishment, and they have two sons, Adam who's in dental school, and Sane, who's in, uh, at Texas Tech as a pre-med uh, major. And Tony is from the big city of Portales, New Mexico. Anybody in here from Portales? All right. One hand over there. Good Hi, deal. Mom. <laughs> so uh, Tony came to school here and graduated in 1989. And currently, he sits on the LCU Board of Trustees. And so he is still connected here and... He also serves as the senior vice president at um, Citibank here in Lubbock. And so this morning I have the opportunity to, to visit with him, and I hope you all enjoy um, our, our conversation. So when I think about heritage and um, kind of my background, I think about my parents, my grandparents. So my first question is, um, you know, what values or what influence did your parents have on you that's good that you started with that question because we could start and finish with that question. To me, my parents are my heritage. My parents were 18-year-old GED-educated parents that managed to put two children through college, one with a master's degree, and then stay married for 49 years till death literally parted them. So that's my heritage. They gave me my name, Pena, which... And, you know, they tell you if you've got a name with that little deal on the end, the Enya, then you're really a Mexican. But I've also got, I've got, there's three other names that, that I carry with me because of my parents. It's, and listen to these, Villanueva. Anybody heard that? Now listen to this one, Bachicha. You ain't ever heard that one, I promise you. And then Baca. Those are the f- four names, you know, with Pena that I carry with me. That is my heritage and, you know, they start with my parents, and that's, you know, that's who I am. I'm their son. I'm Tony Pena. My dad was Antonio. He was called Tony, and that's my heritage. Neat. like that. I, uh, 
one of the things that I um, love about this is just how we are from the same uh, town. So I'm also from Portales, New Mexico. But in, in many ways, we were very similar. But in, in other ways, we're just very different. Uh, I know your family has been in the New Mexico area for hundreds of years. And you know, my parents came to the U.S. in 88, 89. And so it's really neat to, yeah, the, to see the that. The culture in New Mexico is a lot different than, you know, each one of our little cultures within the Latino, Hispanic, Mexican, whatever you want to call it these days, is different. And that's the beauty of it all is, you know, you all call it an enchilada and a taco and a burrito, but there's so many variations of that just within the food. The way we were raised in New Mexico was far different than a lot of people raised in southern Texas. You know, the Mexican influence in my family was was very, you know, minute. We really weren't participating in Cinco de Mayo and things like that, mainly because we were from New Mexico. My great-grandmother was, she was born on a reservation near Santa Fe, and most of my, the bones of my ancestors are buried within 100 miles of Santa Fe, and if you know anything about that area, it's been governed since the 1600s. It's just, it's Spanish and Native American, and that's really, as far as my DNA, that's when you, I've done the deal. I've done 23 and me, and that's I'm Spanish, and I'm Native American, and that's who we were growing up. I think the food was better in New Mexico, but that's just my opinion. Yeah, and I like my food a little more spicy. <laughs> <laughs> so, but no, it's it's beautiful to see just the the diversity in even in the Hispanic culture. Exactly. And you are bilingual. You speak Spanish and English. And so there's a lot of us in here who are also bilingual or striving to learn a, a different language. What opportunities and, and benefits have you found in, in being bilingual? Well, just knowing another language just expands your ability to help people is the way I see it. We didn't speak Spanish in my household growing up, believe it or not. But, you know, your grandparents spoke it. And beyond that, it was we always spoke English. My sister is a teacher in Clovis, and she, she doesn't speak any Spanish. She understands it. So over the years, it was something that I made sure that I tried to pick up just during the years. And, and what it's done for me at this point, it's just it's an advantage in banking in that I'm able to expand you know, my customer base and speak to people that you know, in, in their language and gives them a comfort zone when they're speaking of financial matters that are very important. They want to know that this person they can trust with, with their financial secrets and their financial ability to, to progress in their business. So, you know, I'd tell anybody here, and I've always uh, told people that I'm around, young people, that I know they speak Spanish, they just don't want to because either at some point in the past somebody ridiculed them about it or, or maybe it's just not as good as you think it should be. You know, you say that I'm fluent. Nobody's really fluent <laughs> If you go to Mexico, you're going to find out how quickly you're not fluent. But I'd say I'm 95% fluent. I can speak Spanish to anybody in town that you know needs help or or needs to visit about their banking needs. You know, we were the same way in my family, in my household. My wife at times just says, "Why didn't you teach him Spanish?" Well, Spanish was around, and at this point, I've got a son in dental school who has recently told me that he he translated for some patients at the dental school, and then I've got Zane. Some of you know Zane. He's, in, he's been working in the doctor's office, and even he's done some translating for some people. So they learned 
with the app. You know, everybody's got this app that you can learn languages, and they've learned that way. Plus, it's in their DNA, and I feel like it came out of them, and it will come out of them in the future and help them in their, in, when they're doctors. Right, and I know from personal experience, my parents know very little, little English, and so whenever somebody is able to help them in Spanish, I know they feel, they, they feel just a, this, you know, comfort to be able to, to speak in their own their I just own say, you know, all of you just, especially in this region, uh, you know, be mindful of the fact that people do have accents, but that doesn't make them less intelligent. Usually they're probably smarter than we are from, in a lot of ways, instinctively, and they work hard, and, and they also have a lot to, to add. It's just they may have an accent. Right. And so you came to LCU as a student, and what, what led you to come to uh, LCU? I was a baseball player, so that was really it at the time. You know, in 1983, I came here. I know that was a long time ago. In 1983 is when they won the World Series, and they had the World Series here on campus, so we came and visited. And at that point, obviously, when you see somebody win a championship, you want to be involved with that. So we made, I made it a point to try to, to get better, to, to improve, and to really, you know, start my career here at LCU. I had the opportunity at the time to go to Tech and some other places, but you know, way back then and even I think now, the program here at LCU is as good as any in within five, six, seven, eight hours. Uh, Texas Tech at that time wasn't all that competitive, so I made that choice, and, and that's why I came here. But then that changed. You know, beyond that, it just became a place of comfort. And, you know, I, my knowledge, you know, I was, I've always been, I say always, I've always been a follower of Jesus, but just being able to be in a classroom setting and get in front of the scripture and, and actually study it as, as, you know, as you would anything else, um, it really set, became foundational for me at that time. So being here, you know, LCU, I say, chose me. I, I was the valedictorian of my senior class back in 1985, and you know, back then and even now, when you, when you achieve that, you can do anything when it comes to colleges, and I had some opportunities to go to a lot of places. I say that had I gone to an Ivy League school, you know, 32 years later, I'd still be trying to get out. So I think that God sent me here for a reason. Um, you know, the way you connect the dots is I met my college roommate. He introduced me to my wife years later, and, you know, that's, that's the beauty of LCU. Just, you know, just so it chose me is the way I say. Neat, Yeah. I, I love hearing people's story and, and how they get here. So if I ever meet with you on campus, I'll probably ask you how you got here. But it's, I always love hearing how people ended up here at LCU because I know my story is different, different than yours. And um, you are on the Board of Trustees. And so for uh, many of y'all that may not know, the LCU Board of Trustees is a group of men and women that alongside with the leadership here on campus make decisions for the school. So... Um, what keeps you connected to LCU, and what are you passionate about? I'm sure they had to get a waiver to let a baseball player on the trustees board. But, um, you know, I've been – I've left here 32 years ago, and, and quite honestly, I don't think there's been a month in those 32 years that I haven't been on campus at a, an LCU event or something. So, like I said, it's – LCU is a part of who I am at this point. It, it was critical in, in that time. I came here as a 17-year-old just punk really and and it just had such an impact on me that 
you know, I've always felt like I, I represent LCU at work in the church and, you know, just anywhere that I go. And so they, they asked me to be a part of that. And, and I don't necessarily feel like I add anything of any particular value to that group, but I do feel like they asked me to come and, and, and I will approach that and have approached it with the same way that I approach a lot of things, just, you know, be useful to that group. Uh, and hopefully, you know, God, you know, you know, I, w- I will tell you all right now that we pray hard in our meetings about school, about you all. And, and anytime, anytime you're in, a, in an organization or in a group that does that, that's where I want to be. I'm in, in my community in Lubbock. I'm on the United Way board, food bank board, the UMC foundation board. And quite honestly, each of those groups prays before their meetings. And those are the kind of places that I want to be involved with. If they stop doing that intentionally, then I'll stop being involved because I just, I think there's, there's way too many places that I can be involved with that where the spirit leads us. And I know that that's the case on the trustees board. Awesome. I appreciate you being part of that group and, and, and leading our school and just in the direction that it, um, is, is moving into um, as we look into the future. Um, so in chapel, we are focusing on the how. You know, how, you know, how do we live out lives? How do we read scripture? So Stephen Covey, in his book, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, talks about sharpening your saw and um, kind of talking about how we, you know, look for continuous improvement and renewal. And so as a professional, um, how do you sharpen your saw? You know, having been a, a banker now for 32 years, you know, I've seen so many bankers come and go. I've seen some, you know, some of the richest people in town. I've been around them, been at tables with them, been in meetings with them. And, I, you know, I'm, more than anything, I'm more of a, an observer. I watch. Uh, I pay attention. I'd never worked, stepped into a bank until I worked in a bank. So it wasn't something, I'm not a pedigreed banker by any means. So even 32 years later, I just, I'm a, I watch and I pay attention, and I see where, where people and myself, where I make mistakes and where I can be better. But, but you know, what's foundational to banking, you know, the banker in, in the American or even in the worldly view is always this, you know, he looks like me today. But he's always, the perception is we're just, we're about money. But I would say in Lubbock, Texas, that's where I'm used to. We just take care of our customers, and that's the way that I've always approached it. And I paid attention the most to the people that to just take care of their customers. I'm proud of that I've been able to help hundreds and thousands of customers succeed and take care of their families. And then I've, I've, I now bank second-generation people. And, and I just, you know, I want to help people. I, I tell people all the time, I find people that I like and I help them. And, and that's not banker talk. You know, I can talk about cash flow and statements of cash flow, all you accounting people. I can talk about that stuff all day long, but rarely on a daily basis do we sit there and, you know, and compare <laughs> notes about our customers' financials. We're talking about our customers and, and their families and, and what they do and how they do it, and, you know, we're, we're a safety net for them. And that's, that's the only way that I've justified being a banker is because I've been able to live out, you know, what I do at home or at church or whatever within – the four walls of, of those of the banks where I've worked, I don't know that I'd do it any other way if it was just a financial, you know, component. That's neat. I think uh, we're in the people business here, and we are making connections and relationships, and it sounds like you've carried that on 
into your I don't career. know why they're I, everybody's in that business and you know my kids will be doctors one's a dentist one will be a doctor and not and I tell them the same thing is don't get hung up on I mean you're going to save someone's life and the technical side is obviously very important but they've got to come they've got to want to come back to you for you to be successful so make a connection beyond just the medical side yeah well, I appreciate you, Tony, and I have just five more questions, and so these are kind of rapid true, fire false, questions. True, true, false. True, true, false. <laughs> Do you Bye. have a, a favorite MLB team? You know, I, I'm a baseball player, and I have all my life, but I don't. I've never had a really a favorite baseball team. I, I enjoy the game at any level. I, I don't really like watching it now because all they do is throw 100 miles an hour and swing as hard as they can, and hopefully they run into it. And right. They don't play defense. You know, yeah, I'm that grumpy old man. Yes, I am. I just don't like the version of baseball that's out there now. And, and I know people like Coach Blackwood and Coach Limon, they, you know, they've got to try to teach it that way. But it's, it's just a – to me, it's like slow-pitch softball with the best athletes in the world. And, it's, you know, it's entertaining. Entertaining can be, but it's just not all that fun to watch. I, it's a good nap is the way I look at it. And, and, but – you know, it's baseball, so I'll, when the playoffs start, I'll, every year for the last 30 years, I go grab two bags of sunflower seeds, and, and I watch baseball for three weeks, and that's the time that I really pay attention, because the best teams and teams that win, they go back to the the fundamentals of baseball, and you know, they know that one run matters, and you know, pitching matters, and defense matters, so now's the time that I'll start to watch, mm-hmm. but I don't have a favorite team. So, no favorite team. Do you have a favorite food? Yes. You know, I just like food and look at me. You know, I'm, I'm not skinny. Um, you know, I like my mom's cooking. I like my wife's cooking. But I really like my mom's cooking. Uh, my, mom, my mom makes these things called stuffed sopapillas. And if you go to New Mexico and, man, it's, I've, it's bad when I do that. So, so, yeah, that's probably my best, my favorite food. All right. I have one more, so I skip a few, but you and President McDowell play racquetball often, and so who wins more often? I, you know, we started as, you know, we, we would go back and forth, and then for a little while, he beat me all the time, and I just couldn't figure out what the heck. You know, he's giant. He could possibly be the biggest racquetball, tallest racquetball player in the world. I'm trying to do some research on that. So he can reach both sides of the wall without... so. <laughs> It's not even then he touches the ceiling sometimes. And then, and then COVID hit and we took a break. Then I came back for some reason. I was able to, to beat him more consistently. And then we played, when was it, Thursday maybe? We were 2-2-1. Two, two and one. So I'd say we're as even as we've ever been right now. And I don't know, but he, when he loses, he doesn't sleep at night. And I'll tell you all that right now. I sleep just fine. <laughs> But there's a secret. There's a third man we play with, Mr. Marvin Crossno. He's he's mid seventies, and he beats us both. <laughs> so he keeps us very humble. But it's it's fun, and you know, you've got a great leader here, and you know we we're glad that he's here, and it's good that he's competitive because he wants what's best for you all and what's best for the university. But I mean, it's fun. Come watch us. We think we look like. You know, the two best athletes in the world playing racquetball. I'm sure from the other side of the glass, we look like two old men playing racquetball. All right. Well, thank you, Tony, for spending your your morning with us.
Well, thank you. And if you don't mind, I'll just, I'll just tell you guys, you're here and this is a special place. And, and I know there's a million things going on, but, you know, have fun. I didn't really have fun when I was here. I was very serious about my grades and, boy, I just didn't have fun. So enjoy your time here. Um, take your Bible stuff, your Bible classes, take them seriously because that's going to build foundational just strength for the future in your jobs, in your lives, uh, in your marriages. Everything you do is going to be, is foundational to the way that you understand the way God made you and that God loves you and that God just is really wants to be active in, in what you do on a daily basis. So it's, it's a lot of them are early in the morning and it's stuff you've heard about all your life, but really just take it to heart and uh, love one another here at school, take care of each other. And um, if you ever need anything in this, I'm about four blocks away at Citibank. So get a hold of Dr. McDowell and he'll, he'll give you my number and um, I'd be glad to help you in any way I can. God bless you. Thank you. You are dismissed.